The consequences of maintained incremental improvement are anything but incremental. You get compound interest on incremental improvement. Jordan Peterson. Welcome to Modern Gnostic number 17, friends. We're going to explore discipline, daily practice, and pulling your mind out of the sewer. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Modern Gnostic number 17. This is Brian Stanford coming at you from Asheville, North Carolina, on this beautiful day at the end of September. I hope you are all doing well. I hope everyone is navigating the chaos of the COVID situation and the endless insanity of our modern American political cycle. And I hope your families are well and that everybody's at least feeling some excitement coming into the holiday season. So it's been over a month since we've done an episode and it feels really good to be back and to be recording. Um, And today we're going to talk about uh, spiritual discipline and daily practice. And I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, I want to start off today with reading you something from one of my favorite uh, philosophers, and that's Jordan Peterson. Uh, Jordan Peterson is uh, quite a controversial um, uh, modern thinker, uh, but if you have not examined his work, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, In a podcast maybe two years ago, Joe Rogan said of Jordan Peterson that Jordan Peterson is the most intentionally misunderstood modern intellectual. And I think this is absolutely right. I often wonder what it is uh, that people of goodwill find so controversial about what Jordan Peterson has to say. I think what's really going on is in his lectures, he's touching on things that are in so desperate need of addressing that they, they almost shock us and they cut so hard against the spiritual climate of nihilism, quite frankly, that is so dominant in modern thinking. So what I want to read to you today uh, comes from one of the lectures he gave. I mean, he calls this, not the lecture, but this little section of it, uh, glimpses of a transcendent idea. And what he's doing here is laying out what he sees as the characteristics of the Logos, As modern Gnostics, we should find this idea, this concept of the Logos One, uh, rich for mining, for deep meaning. It's the perhaps cornerstone of the Western spiritual tradition. And it's something that uh, very few people think about or learn about, especially in the way most of us are taught Christianity. We might have heard the word Logos We might understand that this is the word that's used in the Gospel of John when it's talking about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. It's often seen as being synonymous with the Christ. And it is that spark. It is a way of describing that spark of divinity within us all that we talk about so often here on Modern Gnostic. So today I want to read to you 
some of these characteristics that Jordan Peterson enumerates as being the Logos. I hope you enjoy it. The Logos. It speaks chaos into order. It slays dragons and feeds people with the remains. It finds gold. It rescues virgins. It is the body and blood of Christ. It is the tragic victim and scapegoat and eternally triumphant redeemer simultaneously. It cares for the outcast. It dies and is reborn. It is the king of king and hero of heroes. It is not the state, but is both the critic and fulfillment of the state. It dwells in the perfect house. It is aiming at paradise or heaven. It can rescue from hell. It cares for the outcast. It is the foundation stone and cornerstone that was rejected. It is the spirit of love. It is spirit-like. It is akin to the human soul. It is the prophetic voice. It is the still, small voice of conscience. It is the spoken truth. It is called forth by music. It is the enemy of deceit, arrogance, and resentment. It is the water of life. It burns without consuming. It is a blinding light. Again, this is from a section of a lecture that Jordan Peterson describes as glimpses of the transcendent ideal, where he's enumerating qualities um, that he sees as uh, descriptions of the Logos. And I just find it beautiful and moving every, every time I read that and inspiring, really, and it should be inspiring. Um, this is the thing. Uh, this is both the thing that we are looking for and it is the thing that looks. It slays dragons and feeds people with their remains. It finds gold. It rescues virgins. It is the hero of heroes and the king of kings. And it is also your birthright. And that is a profound message of hope. So today on the podcast, I just wanted to take a little bit of time to talk to you guys and gals about daily spiritual practice and the effects that it can have on every aspect of your life, really. So recently, a good friend of mine um, reached out to me in communication and confessed to me that he was really having a hard time right now. Uh, like me, he works in retail. He's in a, a managerial position, so he has a lot of responsibility on his shoulders, works 40-plus-hour weeks in a very uh, demanding environment. And I, I, I'm not sure how many people recognize um, how trying <laughs> the retail world has been for those of us uh, blessed and lucky enough uh, to work at places that are still open. Um, as everyone listening to this podcast knows, the stress level, uh, the anxiety level, the anger level, the level of tiredness that uh, members of the public are feeling right now is turned up uh, perhaps uh, to a level that uh, we've never experienced in our lifetimes. 
COVID coupled with the current political situation in the country uh, has everyone on edge in a ways that are um, hard to give full description to. And while I think it's very important for us to keep in mind that uh, no matter uh, how bad it seems and how dark it seems, uh, it really is um, unprecedentedly good times that we live in. There are no um, barbarian hordes at the gates. You know, uh, here at my house, we've been on a kick lately of watching um, every movie and TV show uh, we can see that deals with the Templars or with the history of early Europe, with knights, with Vikings, um, all of that kind of really beautiful, wonderful, archetypal, adventurous stories. And uh, one of the things that are both in the mythic legends and in the material history legends, if you look at, uh, well, let's be honest, everywhere on the planet is, uh, you know, for most of human history, if you got up in the morning and went outside your city and saw a group of men coming up on horseback from over the distant ridge, uh, your stomach would be gripped with a justifiable fear uh, that these might be the barbarian hordes from across the border that were coming to uh, literally rape and pillage um, your little corner of civilization. And uh, thank God we live at a time where that's not going on. And let's be honest and let's have some gratitude that, uh, you know, just about every day of your life, uh, if you're listening to this right now, you've woken up in a house that had air conditioning or heating. Uh, you got up in the dark and flipped a light switch and nine and a half times out of 10, the lights came on. You know, you went and used the toilet and flushed it and your waste was whisked away uh, from you having to deal with it. You turned on your faucet and nine and a half out of 10 times you could be sure that there was water coming out of that faucet that would not kill you or your children. Uh, you have a refrigerator and a pantry that at least has enough food in it that you are not starving to death. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, we have this <clears throat> interesting inverse of problems in the Western world that now the, the people most likely to suffer from obesity are the poor uh, because there is such a, um, a glut of uh, cheap uh, calorically dense food to be had. And while obesity is definitely its own problem, the fact that most of us are not waking up uh, starving and wondering where the next meal is coming from is something that we should, um, we should smack ourselves in the face every time we forget to have gratitude uh, for the incredible wealth and abundance that surrounds us and that we live with. And it's important to keep that stuff in mind. And at the same time, it's important to recognize that for us, for us modern kind of soft humans, this is a very stressful time and it's a very hard time uh, to be dealing with our daily stuff. So our, my friend had reached out to me and he had said, you know, brother, uh, just to be honest with you, I'm having a really, uh, really hard time right now. You know, work is super stressful and the customers are, you know, mean and demanding and my other coworkers are stressed out and I'm working all the time. And, and you know, I, uh, one of the things that he said to me that really jumped out is he said, you know, I haven't been praying and I haven't been meditating uh, and I've really only been reading um, horror novels <laughs> is what he told me. And um, I thought about it, you know, for about five and a half seconds and then responded to him, well, you know, yeah, it's, it, it is really hard and, you know, working all the time is rough and retail is definitely hard. 
Um, but if you get away from that daily uh, meditation and prayer, and if all you're taking in is horror novels, I don't care how good your situations are, you're kind of poisoning your mind, right? You're poisoning your mind and you're not feeding your spirit. And I, I immediately encouraged him to get back onto the regiment of a daily practice. And I think daily practice is something that spiritual people typically struggle with. You know, if you're somebody who has a regular meditation and prayer practice, undoubtedly you have gone through times where you really have that practice dialed in. You're doing it every day. You're feeling great. Things are going good. And then, you know, you, you inevitably convince yourself that you deserve a day to sleep in. You deserve a, a day off from your practice. You take that day off and then pretty soon you find yourself taking two or three days off a week. And then before you know it, it's been a week or two since you've uh, sat down on your cushion or in front of your altar and engaged in your practice. This is common. This happens to everybody. It happens to anyone who attempts to engage in any kind of discipline, not just spiritual discipline. Um, I can't tell you how many times in my life, you know, I, I'll get my diet dialed in real good. I'm eating healthy. I'm feeling great. Uh, it's going along for a few months. And then before I know it, I look up and I'm having uh, chocolate or dessert every night of the week, and I'm wondering why I've put on a little bit of extra pounds and I'm feeling so uh, rough around the edges and I'm experiencing depression and low moods with a little more frequency. And it's, you know, it's no doubt my, my discipline has gotten out of whack and I've strayed off the path. And this is a discouraging thing. and It's always kind of hard to get yourself back on it. And, uh, I've really been thinking about this a lot lately and, and attempting to really dial my own discipline in in regards to both physical training and spiritual practice, which I actually see as you know, two heads of the same coin. Um, in, in my experience and in the way that I walk my path, I uh, can't really have one without the other. Uh, but spiritual practice in particular is uh, vitally important to the modern Gnostic. For anyone who's listening to this podcast, for anyone who identifies themselves as a Gnostic, as a seeker, as someone who's on the spiritual path, as an initiate, you know, whatever the words are that you use to describe it as a practitioner, um, anyone likely who's listening to this podcast has been called to this life, to the life of uh, the spiritual practitioner, to the life of illumination and awakening. And many of us have been called uh, in very profound ways to live this life. And it's my, I was going to say it's my opinion, but I would say it's more my experience that once you've experienced that call, once you've been brought to the path, once the spirits have brought you to the path that you need to be on, anytime you deviate or get off of that, your life's not going to go so great. You're going to experience depression. You're going to experience sadness and suffering. They're, they, you know, Those things are always there, but the volume will get turned up on them a little bit more the further you get away from your discipline and your practice. So maybe right now you're saying, all right, Brian, you're beating me over the head with this idea that I have a 
need a spiritual practice, but you know, I work 45 hours a week. I've got three kids. I'm married. I've got bills I have to take care of. I got to cook the dinner when I get home at night and then clean the dishes and then put the kids in bed. And you know, all there's left for time to do is uh, Netflix and chill. And I get up in the morning and I, you know, drink my coffee and check my Twitter feed and Facebook. And then it's right back to it all over again. How in the hell am I supposed to have a spiritual practice? And I think about these things, and there's definitely times in my life where it seems like the schedule is filled up so tightly that there's no time to do anything else. Um, but there is a solution, my friends, if you really want it. And for me, that solution has been setting the alarm clock a little bit earlier every morning. So if I want to have, I like to take anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes um, every morning, seven days a week, for meditation and prayer. And I have a set form of what's called, in the, in the Christian tradition, uh, the div- day is divided up into, uh, depending on the tradition, sometimes three, sometimes four, sometimes more, um, sections of the day that are associated with particular prayers. And in some of these traditions, the early morning prayers, like before the sun comes up or right when the sun's coming up, are known as lauds. And so I have a version, a Gnostic version of lauds that I do every morning that is also includes um, some esoteric meditation, the chanting of certain phrases and vibrating certain vowel syllables and, and ritual movements and prayer. And I, I do this every day and it takes about 20 to 30 minutes. So I started realizing if I wanted to get past the times that I was waking up too late and not having the time to complete my practice, that what I needed to do was suck it up and set my alarm 30 minutes early so that I could get up and have plenty of time to do my practice. And I think it's really important to do these spiritual practices first thing in the morning. Uh, There's a lot of spiritual traditions that will describe all of the esoteric and mystic reasons for why the early morning hours are more beneficial for spiritual practice, that, you know, the energy of the earth and the planet is vibrating at a certain frequency at that time of the day. It's much more beneficial to do it then. You know, you're just waking up. You don't have all the worries of the day. Um, I I think these are great reasons to do it, Uh, but it's not the reason I do it. The reason I like to do it first thing in the morning (laughs) because in a lot of ways I I will tend to screw up if I don't, is that if I do it first thing in the morning, then it's done. And there's no way for me to mess it up the rest of the day. You know, no matter uh, what happens in the rest of my day and my work day, no matter what comes up, no matter what bad thing happens, no matter what good thing happens, no matter how tired I am, no matter if I get invited out to dinner or decide I want to watch a show or if I get sick or have to stay late at work, no matter what happens, if the first thing I do in the morning is my spiritual practice, then that day has been a victory. And I have set the course and the tone for that whole day. So the first thing is set your alarm clock a little bit early and get up and practice. Uh, The Navy SEAL and and inspirational speaker and podcaster Jocko Willink uh, very famously says discipline equals freedom. And this is true on many levels. And really, the only thing I can tell you about it, I mean, I could tell you lots of things about it, but the only thing I'm going to tell you about it is if you want to know the meaning of that phrase, then investigate it, engage in some discipline, and try to see how much freedom opens up in your life. 
Um, and usually when Jocko tells people this, discipline equals freedom, and then people say, well, you know, how do I, how do I have discipline? How do I, how do I set my alarm clock early and get up in the morning and do the thing? How do I do that? And his answer is very blunt and very simple. Set the alarm clock early and wake up. And it really is that simple. It's not always easy, but it's not complicated. It's very simple. If you decide that you want to have a morning spiritual practice, you set your alarm clock, you get up before anyone else in the house is up, and you do practice. If you're tired, it doesn't matter. You get up, drink a little coffee, do practice. Didn't get enough sleep last night? Doesn't matter. Get up and do practice. Have a lot of stuff on your mind, worries, big things happening that day? Doesn't matter. Get up and do practice. So that would be the first thing. The first thing I told my friend, you need to engage in a daily practice. And he finds this very intimidating because honestly, his schedule is super tight and you don't have to do 20 or 30 minutes a day. If you're starting from zero, start with five minutes a day, five minutes a day of prayer and meditation. If you're like me and you're practicing in the esoteric Christian tradition, you can get up, you can chant EIO a few times, Concentrating the E at your head, the ah in your heart, and the O in your feet. Chant that maybe three times, and then say the Lord's Prayer. Say a prayer to St. Michael, and then you're done. It's five minutes. You wake up for five minutes. You sit down in a quiet space. Maybe light a candle, maybe not. Chant a little something. Say the Lord's Prayer. It sounds so simple, but the effects of it on your life will be profound. The other thing I told my buddy is, uh, you know, if all you're doing is reading horror novels, uh, of course you're, you're feeling bad. Of course you're feeling down. And I love horror stories. I love, I love crazy fiction. Um, I find myself bizarrely sometimes when I'm at a low point in my life, uh, as gross as this sounds, sometimes nothing makes me feel better than listening to a podcast about serial killers or watching a serial killer documentary. I don't know why. I've always been fascinated with serial killers and cult leaders. I don't know why, but it's fascinating to me, and, and sometimes it re relaxes me. But a steady diet of that is not good for anyone. So if you're on the spiritual path and you're getting up and you're doing your morning practice, Take a little bit of time every day to make some of your entertainment be inspirational. And there is so much stuff you can engage with. There are so many books that you can, you can read, something that has a daily meditation or a short scriptural reference or um, something, right? I'm 47 years old. And if you're my age or older, and you're on this path, you vividly remember a time when there was no internet, right? And if you wanted esoteric books, or if you wanted books on the occult, or magic, or Eastern spirituality, or anything that was just not mainline, you had to hope that you lived in a town that maybe had an occult bookstore. And, you know, that was probably highly unlikely, but maybe the local Barnes & Noble had a well- curated occult or eastern spirituality section or you had a library that was worth a damn and if not you were writing to a p.o box somewhere requesting a book catalog of esoteric books and you would cobble your money together and you would buy a book and you'd wait six weeks for it to get delivered to you and then you would have it how many people remember that i remember that so well 
Well, we don't live in those times anymore. You can get online now and you it's like you have the Library of Alexandria in your pocket, right? There's virtually no esoteric or spiritual text that you cannot find a PDF version of online. There's no excuse. There is no excuse to not take five to 10 minutes a day to consume some transformative spiritual material. And if you don't like reading, there's an endless number of podcasts. There's endless YouTube lectures. There's endless videos about this stuff. There's it's, it's almost criminal if you are a spiritual practitioner in 2020 to not be availing yourself of the library of Alexandria that is your smartphone or your home computer. Um, and I talk to a lot of people who are attempting to change their lives with exercise or with meditation or something like that. And, you know, everyone says they don't have time. It's the lament of the modern person. I don't have time. But, you know, the more you talk to people and you start to hear how much time a day they spend watching Netflix, how many you know, how many episodes of their favorite show did they binge watch last night? And you'll often find out that, you know, people and yourself, because you got to include yourself in this, we all have more free time than we care to admit to. It's just what we do with that free time. So, you know, once you take stock of your life, maybe you take out 30 minutes of that Netflix uh, show binging um, and read a, read a spiritual book or watch a spiritual documentary or find someone whose podcast you like listening to and listen to that. But the thing is, if you are just putting distraction into your mind as entertainment, you're not going to get good results, particularly if you're not a muggle, right? If you're, if you're someone who is a Gnostic, if you're someone who's been called to the spiritual path, you have to feed that your soul, you, the thing that is you, the logos that is responding in you, the thing that wants to slay dragons and feed people with the remains, the thing that finds gold and rescues virgins, the body and blood of the Christ, the king of kings, the hero of heroes, that thing in you wants to be fed, wants to find expression. It hungers for this sacred literature. It hungers for quiet prayer and meditation. And it's vital that you give yourselves that. And maybe more than at any other time in your lifetime, it's vital that you do it now. So I went to work today on the heels of last night's so-called presidential debate. And, you know, I, I look at social media and I, I see <clears throat> so many friends and family just up in arms and absolutely freaked out with what's going on. And I'm not, I'm not here to say you should be or you shouldn't be. But what I am here to say is <clears throat> if you don't give yourself a break from that. If you don't give yourself an antidote to the continuous stream of arconic poison that is attempting to pour into you from all directions, you're going to be consumed with it. And you're going to look up and you're going to recognize that you're feeling depressed, that you're feeling angry, that you're feeling sad, that you're tired all the time that you don't see the light and the beauty in life. <clears throat> in short, you're not experiencing capital F freedom. 
the freedom that is your birthright. And I promise you, the remedy to that is spiritual discipline. It's waking up early, it's meditating and praying, and it's spending some time every day studying some sacred scripture. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't let yourself get overwhelmed. Remember, if you're starting at zero, just give yourself five or 10 minutes. If you're already at five or 10 minutes, give yourself 20 minutes. Find some time to practice every day. Find some time to pray every day. Find some time to read some sacred or inspiring scripture or listen to a cool podcast or YouTube or something. Fortify yourself in these trying times. I'm really glad you listened. I'm honored that people tuned in. And I love it when you guys reach out to me. So you can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Brian Stanford. You can find the Modern Gnostic page on Facebook. And if you found some value in this podcast, please share it. Please tell your friends about it. Let people know. Uh, Go on to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on the Google platform as well. And subscribe and like and spread the word and keep tuning in and stay up, stay up during these hard times. Recognize that what you are is that which is looking through your eyes and hearing through your ears, the eternally resurrecting hero that transcends all of the suffering of the world by embracing and engaging with it. All right, friends, until next time, seek the mysteries.